Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church Podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. Excellent. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, good morning, Freedom Church. How y'all doing? (laughs) I've been working on my American every year and it gets worse every year. But I'm trying, you know, I'm trying. It is great to be back in Austin, Texas. I am, I've been on a tour of your great state for the last 10 days. I've been in Dallas and in Houston and Corpus Christi. And now I'm here and then tomorrow I fly to Atlanta, Georgia for a few meetings there. And then I head home on Wednesday. But it has been good to be in your nation. I love the USA and I love what God is doing here, especially in your church. I had a wonderful dinner with your pastor, Pastor Benito, last night. And after the dinner, he took me to to where your new church is going to be. Wow. We went. It was 9 o'clock. It was dark. And, you know, we were so excited. Benito wanted to show me all the land. And so we started walking. I couldn't see where I was going. And we had our phones out, the light on on the phone, you know, as a torch, And he took me right down the back where the creek was or where the creek is, you know. And all of a sudden, he's just just going. He's telling me, Luke, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And and, and I start seeing some yellow eyes. (laughs) I'm not exactly. Pastor BJ, he's just giving. He's preaching to me. And I I then see another set of eyes. And, and, and through the trees, I'm starting to get a bit concerned because your pastor, he, he, he's not even seen what's happening. And, and, and they're coming towards us. And I'm a big man and I'm an English man and I'm a brave man. But, but, but I was a little bit scared, I have to say. And I said, Pastor B, do, do, do you see those eyes? He said, it's okay. They're just a few coyotes. I said, my goodness, I need to get home. I have a family to support. And uh, we were surrounded by deer and bats and, and all sorts of things. And, and then he said, should we pray, Luke? <laughs> I think we should pray. And so we had a wonderful, wonderful time last night. And uh, you have incredible pastors and Pastor Benito and Pastor Jennifer. I've got to know them over the last two and a half years. And you know what really encourages me is their passion their passion, their enthusiasm to serve Jesus and to build His church here on earth. And you honestly serve two of the greatest pastors that I have the privilege of working alongside. So why don't we give them a hand for what they do. You know, they're going to show you a a couple of pictures of my family. Here's uh, my wife, Lisa, and my baby girl, Lila. Now, every time I look at Lisa... (laughs) I know God has been good to me. Come on. He has been good to me. There's no doubt about that. And that's, uh, that's our little miracle, Lila. And, and I shared some of my story two years ago. There she is right there. You know, she really is a miracle. And I'm going to touch again on some of our story in the message. But if you've never seen a miracle, I just want you to take one more look at her. Because we were told we could never have children. Well, we serve a God who is in the signs and wonders business. All things are possible. So we thank God for that. Amen. All right, let me pray for you, and then we'll get into the message this morning. 
Heavenly Father, we do indeed thank you for all that you have accomplished already through Freedom Church. But Lord, we are so excited for what is in store, for what is ahead. But Lord, we pray today that as the word goes forth, I ask that it will penetrate every person's heart in this place. I ask that minds will be renewed, that souls will be refreshed. Lord, I pray that you will move, that you will move powerfully in people's lives today, that they will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, the title of my message is this. I will worship. I wonder, what do you think of when you hear the word worship? If you've been in church a little while, you may think that it is just what we do before the preacher gets up to preach. Perhaps you think it is only a word that you associate with religion. Maybe you have never even thought about it. But what is worship? Well, worship means to admire, to adore, to love something very much. And true worship comes from the heart. Now, you may say that that you don't worship anything. But if I checked your schedule, if I asked your friends where you spend your money, (laughs) if I take a little look at your phone, my findings may tell me something different. If you spent a week with me, It would not take you long to figure out that I love the greatest soccer team in the world. The best soccer team in the world. Come on, take it easy, son. Take it easy. (laughs) Their name is Watford FC. Has anyone ever heard of Watford? Come on, thank you. That was a sympathy hand, Harvey. That was a sympathy hand. But you know, I, 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 know that I go to all their games and, and, and I follow all their news. I, I know the players' names. I, I even buy the, the replica shirt. And, and if, you, if you see me in the stadium sometimes, I can be dancing and I can be singing. And no one knows who I am and what I do. And I just let myself go. But, but, but I wouldn't say I worship them. But, but if you ask my wife. She may tell you something different. You see, we can all worship things without realizing. Perhaps like me, you worship your favorite football team, the the Dallas Cowboys. Or the Houston Texans. No, no one one does that. Or the Longhorns. I hear they're good too. Maybe it's a particular band that you, 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 know, you worship or, or you have a secret crush on an actor or an actress. You know, or, you know <laughs> let's get real for a moment. But maybe, maybe money, maybe money is what you worship. Uh, uh, perhaps your career is what you worship. Maybe, maybe you idolize certain people. Maybe you are obsessed with the pursuit of fame. Uh, perhaps, perhaps it is your shoe collection <laughs> that you worship. Maybe your PlayStation or your Xbox or perhaps your body. Maybe you worship your body. Maybe it is your intellect that you worship. Perhaps it's the car you own or the house you live in. I wonder what is it that you worship. You see, there is nothing wrong with any of those examples that I have just mentioned, providing they have not taken the place of God on the throne of your heart. 
It is good to have hobbies. It is good to have dreams. It is good to, to have aspirations. It is good to, to work hard and, and invest your finances wisely and make friends with people that are smarter than you. Just make sure that God remains first place in your life. I know today that following Jesus may not be the cool thing to do. You may not see the instantaneous results that you want to see. It may not be the popular choice with your family and with your friends. But when you learn to seek God first, when you give Him all the glory that He deserves, when you worship God, then my Bible tells me that everything else will be added unto you. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. That means this, that, that when we adore Him, when you enjoy Him, when you honor Him, when you value Him by devoting your entire life to Him, then God will start showing up in your life. Do you know that answers arrive when you worship? Healing happens when you worship. Powerful relationships are formed when you worship. Dreams are birthed in worship. Oh, I wonder, are there any worshipers in Freedom Church today? That's good. You see, worship time isn't a wasted time. Worship is not something we do once or twice a week in church. Worship isn't about completing your checklist. Worship is a lifestyle, a habit, an attitude of the heart. It is who we are. And for some of you today, you need to start changing what and who you worship. There needs to be a shift in your focus, an adjustment in your thinking, a transformation in the area of your worship. The Bible encourages us to have His praise continually on our lips. Not because God needs your praise. <laughs> God doesn't need your worship. He is not up in heaven looking at his watch, hoping that any second now, Pastor Benito is going to give me a shout of praise. Or that Javi's going to like my Facebook page. <laughs> God doesn't need that. God knows how good He is. Scripture tells us that all of creation worships God without your help. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God and that the skies proclaim the work of His hands. Psalm 96 tells us that the sea resounds and everything in it and that all the forests sing for joy at the work of his hands. You know, God, he doesn't need your worship. He wants your worship. He desires your worship. He wants your worship so that as you begin to press into him, as you begin to put him first, as you begin to lift his, his name high, then he can start to stir the gifts and the talents and the desires that he has mapped out uniquely for your life. Oh, friend, if only you knew, if only you knew the power of your worship. My assignment this morning 
comes from a chapter in Acts, Acts 16. And it is about two men, Paul and Silas, who knew how to worship. And let me summarize what is going on in this story before I read to you a few verses. The Bible says that Paul and Silas were on their way to the temple to pray when they are confronted by a woman with an evil spirit. Now this woman made a lot of money for herself and for her owners. So she was quite popular in that area. Paul and Silas became so troubled by this woman's actions that they cast this evil spirit out of her. And so her owners, this woman's owners, were not happy about what Paul and Silas had just done. And they have them arrested, beaten, stripped, flogged, thrown into jail, and their feet fastened to the stocks. And so we pick up the story here in Acts 16, verse 25. And they're going to put it up on the big Texas Bible just behind me. Because everything's big here in Texas. You know, I remember being here last year. And I, I remember being introduced to the bullfrog. In England, our frogs are this big. In Texas, your frogs are as big as me. Everything's big in Texas. It says this in verse 25. It says, about midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and all the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, it always gets good in the Bible when there's a suddenly. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that all the foundation of the prison was shaken and at once all the prison doors flew, lo flew loose and everyone's chains came loose. Sorry, The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought that all the other prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, do not harm yourself for we are all still here. And we see as a result of their faith and as a result of their worship, this jailer and his entire family went and gave their lives to Jesus Christ as a result of these two men. And so I want to give you three reasons why today, tomorrow, forever, why you need to be a worshiper. And it starts here. Number one, you need to be a worshiper because of this. Worship connects us to the presence of God. It connects us to the presence of God. Despite these guys, Paul and Silas, doing the right thing by heading to the temple to pray, they find themselves being confronted by a woman who they now set free from an evil spirit. They are beaten black and blue, they are covered in blood, and they are thrown into a maximum security jail, all because they were doing God's work. <laughs> now, if anyone had the right to feel like God had abandoned them, had the right to be angry at God, had the right to be confused with God at the situation they now find themselves in, it was Paul and Silas. I doubt they thought that praying in the morning would have landed them in prison in the evening. But instead of complaining to God or, or feeling sorry for themselves, the Bible says that they start to worship God. 
They pray and they sing hymns. There is a new song in their mouth for they understood that worship takes the eyes off of yourself and onto the, onto the eyes of God, onto the heart of God. Do you know this great band that we heard today? You know, they're not up here to give us a performance. (laughs) They are not up here to entertain us. They are not up here to show off how good they are. No, they are up here to lead us in worship. So no matter how good or how bad your week has looked, you can walk through the doors of church. You can lift your voice high because when you begin to worship God, it takes the eyes off of yourself and it magnifies God. It magnifies the King of Kings and the Lord of God, Lord of Lords. It reminds us just how big and how loving and how forgiving and how faithful and how powerful our God really is. I'm just getting warmed up. You know, it's so easy. It's so easy to worship God on the mountaintop. And I know I preached about that a couple of years ago. But the real test of faith is, you, is when you can worship God when you find yourself in a prison when, when those doors don't open, when you can't see God, when you find yourself stuck in a place that you cannot get out of. That's what I love about Paul and Silas. Because they made a decision to worship him, even when they couldn't see him. Do you know, in April 2015, some of you know my story. But my, my life changed overnight. April the 24th, my wife and I, we'd just bought our first home. We were ready for the arrival of our first miracle child, a little girl that we had called L, And L means God's perfection. That's what we had called her before we met her. However, when we went into hospital to have L, my wife gave birth and she was born without a beating heart. There was no breath in her lungs. She bypassed earth, and she went straight to heaven. I held her for three days, believing that God could raise her from the dead. But he didn't. He didn't. It made no sense. I had nothing to say to God. I was angry. I was hurt. My wife and I found ourselves in a prison of pain. I stopped talking to him. I stopped worshipping him. For one month I could not pick up my Bible. And can I tell you that as a Christian, not reading your Bible when you are going through a, a difficult time is like riding a bicycle in the dark on the edge of a cliff with no lights on. It is a dangerous place to be. But after that one month, I knew I had to, despite the agony I was in, I had to start to read it again. And I had to start worshiping him again. And I remember opening my Bible to Psalm 30 verse 5. And it said that weeping may endure for a night, but joy shall come in the morning. I remember reading Isaiah 61, that God will comfort all who mourn. And he will place on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning. And 
garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. Does it still hurt? Yes, it does. Has my life changed forever? Yes, it has. But worshipping God when I couldn't see Him, when I couldn't feel Him, when I couldn't hear Him, got the eyes of my heart off of myself and back onto the way maker, the promise keeper, the miracle worker. My worship connected me to the presence of God. Oh friend, you may be in a prison of pain today. You may be confused. Your life might look like a mess right now. The finances have dried up. That addiction will not break. Your business is in trouble. You do not see a way forward. Well, can I encourage you to start worshiping God again? Because when you worship, the atmosphere changes. Faith is ignited. Strength begins to rise. Hope in your heart is lifted. Courage is activated. Strongholds are loosened. Walls come down. The devil starts running. Oh friend, you don't need another strategy. You don't need another dream. You don't need another associate. What you need is to get into the presence of God and worship Him. Some of you need to worship your way out of that worry. And you need to start praising your way out of your problems. God is not lacking. God is not limited. He is waiting on your worship. For my God will always rescue a worshiper. He will always rescue a worshiper. Turn to your neighbor and say, you better start worshiping. Now turn to your least favorite neighbor. And say, you better start worshipping too. Some of you husbands are in trouble when you get home. You turn the wrong way first. The second reason why you need to be a worshipper is this, number two. Is that your worship connects us. It connects you to his purpose. Worship connects us to his purpose. The Bible makes it very clear. That everyone has been created to worship. Psalm 100 says that we are to worship God with gladness. For it is he who made us and we are his. Enter his thanksgiving. uh, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. For the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. Psalm 95 says let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Do you know, we can worship God in our words, in our thoughts, by our actions. Jesus says in John chapter 4 that we are to worship God in spirit and in truth because those are the type of worshipers that God's eyes scan the earth to find. Oh, friend, do you know that the more you worship God, the more you get to know his heart, the heart of your creator? And the more you experience his love, the more you will understand the plan and the purpose that God has set apart for your life. I love how, how Paul and Silas had a revelation of this truth. That just, just because they're, they're, they were uh, imprisoned did not mean that their hearts were imprisoned. I'll say that again. Just because they were in prison 
did not mean that their hearts were imprisoned. Just because their bodies were chained up did not mean that their spirits had to be shackled. That, that just because everyone else inside of that jail cell had lost hope did not mean that they had to stop believing in their creator. They were worshippers. And they knew that if they could continue to worship God, no matter what the situation they found themselves in, then God would turn up and fight their battles for them. There was a man in the Old Testament called Jehoshaphat. And he experienced this exact same thing. He was king over Judah. And the Bible says that one day the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the Meunites came to attack him and his people. And so, so, so he went to God to pray and ask God to, to give him the answers and uh, how to defeat this army. And the Bible says that, that God's response was to appoint some men and to go out on the front line and worship me. I don't know about you, but, but when you've got problems on your left and, and you've got disappointments on your right, and when there is a mountain, the big mountain that stands before you, and you have no idea how you're going to get through it, here is this, just picture it, here is the same for Jehoshaphat with this large and ferocious and nasty army that is approaching them, and all God tells you to do is take up your positions, lift your eyes, lift your arms, lift your voice and worship me. You don't need any physical weapons. All you need is an orchestra of worship, a chorus of songs, a united anthem for your battle belongs to me. Your battle belongs to the Lord. Oh, there is something powerful about corporate worship when men and women and children unite together to proclaim the goodness of God. Do you know, in this account of Paul and Silas, it doesn't say that while Paul was singing, Silas was sleeping. <laughs> it says they were worshipping together. They were encouraging each other to keep the faith, to keep smiling, to keep a good attitude. I can just imagine them in this cold, dark, damp prison cell covered in cuts and bruises when Paul leans over to Silas and says, Hey, Silas, I know a good one. And it goes like this. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. And Silas goes, no, 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 Paul, I know an even better one. And it goes like this, there is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Come on, church, sing it with me. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Thank goodness I don't lead worship. Eh? 
You know, no wonder why all the other prisoners, the Bible says that all the prisoners were listening to these men because all they have ever heard inside of that dungeon is the moaning and groaning of pain, the tears of regret, the sound of silence that some of these men will never be getting out of those prison walls again. And now here are two men with an indescribable joy in their heart, an undeniable passion in their voice, a united spirit opening up their voices to lift the name of Jesus high. Oh, Paul and Silas, they were not humming their hymns. They were not whispering their worship. They were boldly declaring that Jesus Christ died on a cross and rose again. They were declaring that there is forgiveness by the blood of the Lamb, that there is power in the name of Jesus. (laughs) And the Bible says that everybody's chains came loose. Everyone, everyone, the old and the young, the sinner and the saved, every single person was set free because of two people. Because of two people's worship. (laughs) That is why it is important that you come to church. That is why it is important to be planted in the house of God. Because when we worship together, it reminds us that no matter your background, no no matter your ethnicity, no matter whether you are educated or uneducated, no matter whether you are rich or poor, we are all on the same side. And we belong to one body, a body that is made up of many different parts, and your part counts. Your part counts. Your voice matters. Your contribution matters. Your worship matters. Corporate worship does something in you that you cannot experience on your own. It awakens our heart as we declare God's promises over each other. It encourages us that we do not need to walk this side of life out all by ourselves. It lifts the faith on the person on your left and the person on your right. Corporate worship gets the attention of heaven and brings down the breakthrough that you desire. Oh, our collective worship today, because there is more than two people in this place means that something is about to happen because my Bible says that when two or three gather together then there Jesus stands in our midst and where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom there is freedom if you believe it give him a shout of praise in this place today Is this helping you? Good. I want to call the band forward as I bring this to a close. I have to have a close. Otherwise, Pastor Benito will never have me back. And I'll just preach all day. And I'll get in trouble. Okay, don't watch the band. Watch me. I know they're better looking, but just watch me. The third reason why you need to be a worshiper is this, number three. Is that worship connects us to his power, his presence, his purpose, and his power. Acts 16, 25, it says, Suddenly 
There was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Wow. Now that is a prayer meeting that I want to be a part of. Here are these wounded men worshipping God with all their heart when suddenly the foundations start to shake and the prison doors fly open. Ha ha! Wait a moment. Wait a moment. Did you notice something? Did you notice how precise God is? I mean, an earthquake, a violent earthquake where only the prison doors flew open and the chains came loose. Now, I personally have never experienced a violent earthquake, but I have seen the destruction they can cause on the TV. So, so how is it that the foundations can be shaken so strongly but the walls do not cave in and the ceiling does not come down. Thank God that we do not serve a clumsy God. (laughs) Could you imagine in that moment if God leaned down to Paul and said, Hey, Paul, I'm sorry I used a bit too much of my power there. I'm sorry that the wall came down on you and you will not be getting out of prison tonight. (laughs) Could you imagine if the God we served was an uncertain God and he leaned down to Silas and he said, Hey, Silas, I've managed to get one of your feet free, but I don't know how to unlock the other one. Friend, the God we serve is a precise God. He is an accurate God. He is an exact God. Look at the precision and the beauty of creation. Did you know that the earth is tilted at a perfect 23.4 degrees so that we could experience all the seasons that we experience throughout our year? Did you know that without that precise tilt, all humanity would suffer? Did you know that we live the perfect distance away from the sun? Any closer and we would all melt. Any further away and we would all freeze. Did you know that the earth spins at 1,000 miles per hour so that we could get gravity? Without gravity, we would all be floating around in space. I look at the birds of the sky and the fish in the sea and the animals on the land, how they move, how they eat, how they they reproduce from the eagle down to the sparrow, from the whale down to the goldfish, from the giraffe down to the ant. And that same God that is, is into those sort of details is the same God that designed you and the complexities of our solar system. 
Oh, you are a unique piece of craftsmanship. You have been handmade inside of your mother's womb. You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. There is only one of you on this planet and there will never be another one of you. So do not think that God has forgotten about you. Do not think that God is mad at you. Do not think that God has given up on you. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly who you are. God knows when to open that door in your life and when to close it. God knows when to elevate you and when to hide you. God knows when to show up, get you out and move you forward. Why? Because His timing is perfect and His power is precise. It is precise. If you don't believe me, I want to show you one more thing as I finish quickly. The Bible says that this miracle happened at midnight. Midnight is the darkest point of the night. It is also a significant time on the clock as it is the transition period from one day to the next. It is the moment in time when the date changes. It marks the end of one day and the beginning of another. When the clock strikes 12. clock strikes 12 yesterday has gone and a new day has arrived it seemed like Paul and Silas day was done it appeared like God had forgotten about them but when you learn to worship God when you cannot see him when you can worship God in your wilderness, when you can worship God, when those walls aren't coming down, then God has a habit of showing up in your darkest hour. Oh, don't you get bitter. Don't get caught up or complaining that life is unfair. Your prison isn't permanent. Your prison isn't permanent. Where you are right now is not where you are supposed to stay. It may be temporary, but you have to start playing your part by worshiping my God again because things happen when you worship. Heaven invades earth when you worship. God's power is released when you worship. Chains are broken when you worship. Doors start to open open when you worship souls are saved when you worship oh I believe that for some of you today your midnight hour is about to arrive your midnight hour is about to come there is a new start on the horizon a new beginning a new breakthrough but you need to decide today that even through my pain I will worship and through my rejection I will worship and when I'm winning I will 
worship. And when I'm losing, I will worship. For when I worship, it connects me to His presence, His purpose, and His power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church Podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.